heard on WHUPLP, Hillsborough. Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. This week on Being Reasonable, we will speak with Kim and then Bruce, a married couple with a very different set of beliefs. Hi, Kim. Nice to meet you. Hey, Mark. Good to see you. Do you happen to have a strong belief you wish to discuss? I do. I would like to discuss the spiritual belief of psychic power. Uh-huh. I have not personally have uh, had firsthand experience of this. My sister has. So I am here to tell you what has occurred uh, and has affected me. So, And by psychic power, what do we mean by that? I mean, she will make a phone call to a psychic. Um, she'll use some person in California, some person in Jersey uh, to ask questions um, and to receive answers. Um, we both lost our mother nine years ago. So her route has been receiving answers through a psychic. Right. Whereas my route was more of a healing process with a therapist. I see. But because of her, what happened to her through yes. her personal experience, right. that in, in your relationship with your sister, that you've come to believe in psychic powers because of what happened right. uh, I'll to her. I'll give you a grand example. Okay. I was uh, cleaning out mom's house and um, before we were going to gut it and renovate it. And I could not find the safe deposit box key Okay. Um, so I had to, uh, they wouldn't open it without the key. All right. So I had to pay for them to drill into the box. Right. Uh, to retrieve what was in the safe deposit box at the bank. Uh, Candace said she's going to call and talk to the psychic because she had some questions. I said, well, ask them where that key was. I'm just curious to see where they think that key was. Okay. So Candace called and she asked her questions and of course asked mine. And she calls me back. She's like, well, I found out where the key is. And I said, where is it? She said, go to mom's kitchen and open the silverware, silverware drawer. And where the silverware is is then that tray. And lift up the tray and the key is placed underneath there. And that's exactly where it was. So the psychic knew that there was a tray in the house or they knew that... that- the psychic knew that the key was not only in the kitchen but it was in the silverware drawer underneath the separator where you put the silverware in. Underneath that, that's exactly where it was. I got you. And so um, because of that, and that's a, which would be a difficult thing you're saying to explain in a different way, yeah. 
that you've come to believe in psychic powers or, or in a psychic belief that people can know things through a perception that is not yes. readily identifiable. Another example was, um, you know, through the process of, you know, separating items of what my sister wanted. And um, she was in particularly fond of my mom's diamond necklace, right. which after mom left the hospital, we were never able to find. Okay. So we remember having her take it off, but we don't remember what happened afterwards. Right. So um, Candace called the psychic mm-hmm. to find uh, where the necklace was. And there is a particular psychic, according to my sister, of one that finds things. Oh, okay. So you have to be directed to that person. Right. So she asked where the necklace was. And so the psychic said, well, your sister's going to come visit you at Thanksgiving and she'll be bringing it with her. Okay. I was like, well, that's, that doesn't help. Right. So it was the day before we were to fly to Chicago to see Candace. I see. And I was, I woke up out of a dead sleep at 3 a.m. And I went to this dresser that used to be mom's and inside the dresser, and I guess I hadn't cleaned it all out, but there was all this mangled jewelry, like broken chains and cheap jewelry, just like this mangled piece a conglomerate of jewelry. So in the middle of the night, I'm just pulling strings of jewelry apart. And the very last one was that diamond necklace. I see. Now, there's no way that diamond necklace could have made it upstairs. Okay. Because when my mom came home from the hospital, she could not climb stairs. Hmm. Okay. And so this necklace was upstairs. In somehow the, it appeared upstairs. In somehow it appeared upstairs other... in a... For me to come out of a dead sleep. And think about that. To think about it, to go through this mangled mess, right. to find that diamond necklace, right. to put it around my neck, to make sure she, my sister got it the next morning when I flew into Chicago. Uh, on a scale from one to seven, how confident are you in your belief that psychic powers exist and they work? In your I would life? have to say seven. I've been uh, amazed by Candace's findings. I actually did call a psychic back in the 80s because mm-hmm. I was trying to find something. Okay. And they were dead on. And you were trying to find? I was in art school and I was doing a video project and I couldn't find the adapter that went from the camcorder to the VCR back in the time. Right, back in the day. So back in the day, yeah. there was this adapter. Couldn't find it. And the psychic said... It is in your closet. It's in a backpack. It's at the bottom of a backpack. Well, I had changed. I had gotten and received a new backpack. Okay. And I discarded my old backpack. Oh. And it was in my old backpack gotcha. in the dark closet at the bottom of the bag. So, so because of these experiences, from one to seven, your uh, your confidence level is at seven. seven. That your belief is yes. true. Yes. On a scale of one to seven, how important is it to you in believing in things that are true? I would say seven. So seven for both. Yes. Okay. How do you know that your belief is true? Um, I think my belief has been proven true just from facts, things that have occurred. Right. Um, I am spiritual, but I don't attend church. 
So I did not grow up going to church. Uh-huh. But for this to occur, these things to happen, you have to rely on what you've been given. And what I've been given is these facts that have occurred through my sister's interactions with the psychic. So you've had these personal experiences that uh, have happened and there's these to you are your personal facts that have shown that there is some sort of higher power. There's no, right. There's some sort of higher power that these people are tapping into. Um, That's what I believe. I've, I've actually have had some instances on my own where I can sort of forecast things that are going to happen. Right. I know stuff that will happen. Right. And it does. Right. I've had an instance where I was going uh, to go get a burrito and rent a movie, but something stopped me dead in my tracks. Okay. I knew what was going to happen. I turned around. I put that bra on. (laughs) I brushed my hair. Okay. I slacked some makeup on. All right. Because I knew who I was getting ready to see. Who? My ex-boyfriend in the burrito line. Okay. And there he was. Okay. Gotcha. So the three experiences with the directly with the uh, psychic individual, one was the uh, the key. Yes. Uh, two was the necklace. Yes. And three was the uh, adapter. Yes. If, and I'm not saying this is the case, if someone were to explain to you, to your satisfaction, how the psychic could arrive at these conclusions and somehow be able to express where these items were, if that person were able to do that, would you still believe in psychic powers? So I guess you're asking me if they were to prove to me scientifically how they came to those conclusions, would I still believe in it? Yeah. Sure. Oh. I'm pretty open-minded. If you can prove to me how you came to these conclusions, not through a higher power, but through some other method, yeah, I'd be open to discussing that too. Saying but you're saying you're, you're, you're be, you would be open to other evidence if yes. that were evidence were to surface. Somehow. Yes, I find myself a pretty open-minded person. I'd like to hear all evidence given. Is someone who says that they have psychic powers, is that a reliable way to know that that person has psychic powers. I think by just saying that you have psychic powers, I, I think everybody has some sort of power called instinct. Okay. So some people can tap it and focus more on it. Right. Others don't tap into it. I think. So, but I guess what I was saying by I thought by psychic powers, I guess we're saying there's something. Special I think you're alluding to more spiritual. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Right. 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 I think, obviously, there's some force, some power, something that these folks are tapping into to receive this sort of information. If psychic powers all of a sudden disappeared, what would be the second most plausible, in your mind, what would be the second most plausible way someone could figure out that information? Well... My sister is a high believer of manifesting. So if, you know, I think manifesting would be one option or just trial and error, search and find. The only reason I believe this information 
is because the spot on detail to what was given to my sister. If it wasn't spot on, I would be dismissive. I was dismissive from the start. I think she was wasting her time and money of calling these psychics. Right. But to receive that information. So these psychics, you're saying? Yeah, she's called many. Okay. Yeah, she's called many of them. If we really wanted to drill down and see if this psychic was legit in the sense that they could figure out things that are going on in people's lives, um, is there some sort of test we could make, some some sort of way we could figure out whether this person is doing this by psychic abilities versus some other reason we don't know yet? Is there, is there a way we could test this? I don't think sec- of sexually, scientifically, we can. How on earth would you put a test together? Uh, I don't know how that would operate. We're not even necessarily scientifically, just a way a test like, I mean, I guess in some terms it'd be scientific in the sense that we would uh, have a person, you know, tell a person that they'd never met 20 things that's true about that person Mm -hmm. and see how many of them actually came, very specific things that came true. I'm just thinking of something. Right. Percentage-wise, how how dead on are they? Yeah, I think that's something that we could test in the waters uh, of the psychic realm. Do you think something like that's been done or no? Or do you think people do those things or they have? I would would certainly hope they would. Uh, You know, if if one is to become a psychic, I would think there would be some sort of standardized test they would have to take in order to qualify to, to become a psychic. To, to give the information. If someone, to be a psychic, were to pass a standardized test of of believing, well, of knowing things? Is that what you're saying? Or I think so. I think, um, I mean, can anyone become a psychic? You know, could anyone know. con people into believing things? Sure. But how accurate? Right. I think accuracy is key here. And that's how we differentiate whether someone is conning versus right. someone whether is a real psychic is the truth is the truth to how closely they represent what's happening in I reality. Agree. Yes, I agree. I I was skeptic at first and maybe still a little, but I think what has been given uh to both my sister and I we seem to believe. Now I'm not you know, I'm not calling and spending $300 for 45 minutes time right. with a psychic. I, I've come to my own conclusions. Um, I, I'm not one who seeks. Uh, you know, if, if she went this route, I went another route in terms of grief. The psychic is allowing the deceased to speak to them, to retrieve these answers. This is how this operation works. So obviously my mother was there speaking to the psychic. So we would have to necessarily believe that in some way we survive our death. Well, yes. Yeah, definitely. That there is a spiritual world and that they, um, they are still speaking to us 
Sometimes we need these sort of mediums called psychics to retrieve information and, and to seek answers. Now, what if, let's say, Susie is sitting next to you. Susie says, well, I believe the person you went to sold, you know, told you 13 things and that one thing was true. And so I don't, Susie says, I don't believe that. And then you say, you do believe that. So would, would one of you be right and one of you be wrong in that case? No. no. I think to each his own. If I uh, have a box of pens and there's a certain number of pens and you say there's four pens in it and she says there's five pens in the box, you know, one of you may be right, one of you may be wrong, both of you may be wrong, but, um, but both of you, I would think, couldn't be right. So that's a separate discussion. How so? Because you're talking about a box of pens and one saying there's four pens and one saying there's five pens. We can actually see and count how many pins there are, as opposed to beliefs. That is something that we can't see. It's nothing tangible. It's just a belief. In the beginning of our talk, you said that believing in things that are true are seven. And if we can't distinguish between whether she's correct, Susie, or whether you're correct, and one of you is true, then why should we believe in it? You know? Yeah. Right. Well, I think that's such as life. Do we believe in things? Do we believe in, you choose to believe in it. If you are dismissive and grew up a certain way and this is something that's not in your realm and you're not open-minded to it, then yes, you were going to receive some opposition to it. Uh, I just think it's based upon, are you open-minded to this thought process? Right. I just, at first I was not. I thought it was a scam. But after given the information I received, I'm a little more open-minded to it. Um, in terms of Susie, she can still be dismissive and not open to receive that information because it's just not the way she was raised. And that's fine too. She is correct. So I guess what maybe you're telling me is that you and your sister have a belief in this. Sure. And it may not be tied to evidence that Susie would be looking for. Right. But it's a belief you have. Correct. So... So there's, I don't think there's any right or wrong here. Faith. I have faith in this. I believe in this. In terms of going back to Susie, her faith has led her in this direction. My faith has led me into this direction. I don't think anyone is in the wrong or, or not correct. It's just what you believe. Here's who's to say who's wrong. Who's to say? Right. But so, but in that sense, truth, it can be subjective. Yeah, that's true. At the beginning of our conversation, I said on a scale from one to seven, how confident are you in your belief that it is true? Uh, are you, where are you now between one and a seven? Yeah, I still, I still stand by my seven. And in the beginning, uh, on a scale from one to seven, I said, how important is it to, in, for you in believing in things that are true in one to seven? Yeah. How do you feel like this talk went? I liked it. Oh, good. Yeah, I liked good. it. I think we explored 
some things that I haven't thought about. People might be uh, put off by such things. Put off? Put off by speaking of psychic powers. Most people would roll their eyes, you know, nudge their friend. Yeah. Uh, I was one of them. Right. Um, I'm not now. I'm not a subscriber, though. I cannot say I am a subscriber, but I do believe. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. Kim's husband, Bruce, will be coming up after this short break. Something's better than nothing. 
something's better than nothing. Hi, Bruce. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Good to be on your show. Thank you. Uh, on this show, we aim to examine the manner we use to form our beliefs, more so than the individual beliefs themselves. Do you happen to have a strong belief you wish to discuss? Uh, yeah, I guess the uh, I guess the thought of a higher power kind of kind of um, kind of guides me in how to live my life. Oh, so do we mean? Are you talking about God? Or are you talking about Jesus? Or are you talking about what? What are we talking about? Yeah, Jesus Christ. I'd okay. say. So, do you feel that Jesus Christ, he is a God and he works in your life? Um, I see it like growing up. Uh, growing up, I grew up going to church. That you know that kind of thing. Typical mm-hmm. of a, a lot of Southern Christians. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I think I was more taught that the Bible is sort of a guidebook on how to live your life. Okay. Try to and try to try to live as close to that as possible. Like I didn't. It's not like um, sort of like if you don't do this, you're going to hell. That I kind see. of thing. But just kind of a guidebook on how to treat other people and how to live your life um, in a positive way. Okay. So uh, so it seems like we're talking about two things so you have a a strong belief in jesus christ and that the bible is a book that uh teaches you how to live your life and presumably the two are related correct and how how so um like the commandments so teaching you how to what not to do and what to do to uh in order to live a in order to live a good life and a uh, and a positive life, like thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not um, commit adultery, that kind of thing. Right. You know. Okay. Just different rules, and um, yeah. Yes. So, uh, on a scale from one to seven, how confident are you that that belief is true? I'd say I'd say five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on a scale from one to seven, how important is it to you in believing things that are true? I'd say seven. So pretty high right. on the truth. And as far as confidence in your belief, uh, more confident than not that your belief is um, true. How do you know your belief is true? That's Yeah, that's a strange one because uh, uh, it's more of a faith kind of thing. It's like I have faith that there's a God and that God is, when we leave this world, that there's a better world out there for us. It's a faith. I hope that it's true. I can't actually um, convince somebody that doesn't believe that, that it's true because it's something that I believe. So you have a belief that we survive our deaths and... Not survive. um, That our spirit, that... Our spirit goes to a better place, I guess you'd say, like a like like a heaven. So there's an afterlife, and uh, I wasn't trying to presume anything when I said, "Will you survive your mm-hmm. death?" But I guess in my mind, that's what I'm thinking of when you're able to have a life after your life. Um, how do you know the belief is true? Either your belief in Jesus as God or your belief in an afterlife. How do you know that the belief is true? I don't. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, um, 
I, like when we when we see the beautiful sun or we believe we see beautiful trees, see beautiful flowers. I mean, my I my belief has evolved over the years. Sort of, I like to think that a higher power might have created this beautiful world. Okay, but I also it's kind of I'm kind of torn between that and the fact that um, common sense doesn't allow us to doesn't allow that to happen either. Like something had to create this beautiful world. Something had to create this beautiful world. Right. But then you then you say, well, when I think about common sense, in your words, that that's not um, like in a Darwinian manner, right? It might like be yeah, I scientific mean, explanation, right? So it's kind of like you're torn between um, evolution and uh, creationism. So it's 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 a weird belief. I don't know. Like if some people would say, if you're this, you can't be that. If right. you're an evolutionary person, you can't be a creationist. Right. And I don't, I don't necessarily see that. Right. I mean, because you can have faith, but then logic and science can tell you, well, hey, this might have, this animal may have evolved from this animal, and so forth. That kind of thing. I think I'm always going to have the faith that a higher power might have created this wonderful world we live in. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can't also think that, hey. Um, it it could have these things could have evolved um, in a scientific manner as well. So you're holding both. It's views? yes, um, which uh, yes, I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah, it's, which is an interesting uh, conundrum to be in. How does, for example, human beings arriving or on this earth in the form we are now? How do you believe that that happened? That's a good question, Mark. I don't have an answer for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a tough one. You know, a creationist would say that God created all of us. Right. And someone... Somebody that would be more scientific and would be more logic-oriented would say that's impossible. That can't happen. They you know, we like, evolved from right, an right. animal, right. so to speak. Yes, right. We would, or fish or whatever. All right. animal, all animals living today would have a common ancestor. Right. Would you agree that one that it'd be difficult for both of them to be right simultaneously, or maybe you wouldn't agree with that? I don't know. I can see. Yeah, I can see how somebody would say one and not the other. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I like to think spiritual. Spir- I can. I, th- I like to think I can still be spiritual and believe in a higher power, and also think in a scientific way that um, we were evolved or plant things evolved from something else. I'm not. I, yes, I guess I'm not. Um, I'm more. I'm an open-minded about it. I guess you'd say. Sure. Like, um, if somebody doesn't believe one thing. If if somebody differs from my belief, I'm open to listening to their opinion about it. It's not like I'm one of these that puts the hammer down, like I'm I'm right, you're wrong, kind of thing. Sure. And when I asked you about um, a little earlier about why you believe, or how do you know that your belief is true, you said uh, something about that you had faith. Faith, that. right? And, and by faith, what do we mean? I like to. We like to think that there's something better than this life we live in. 
So by faith, you mean hope? Hope. There you go. Yeah, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say hope is what, yeah. I, I put faith and hope kind of together. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. We will continue our conversation with Bruce after this short break. I can't find it's the past if suddenly I've disappeared nothing to be feared I'm going back to Dundee by the North Sea if suddenly I can't be found no I'm safe safe and sound in the West End of something is true, how does that relate to whether um, something is true? Hmm. 
Could, in other words, could someone hope that something is true, but that thing not be true, or that doesn't oh, yes. have much of a bearing of I whether mean, we it could, is yeah, true? We could die and just be in the dirt for the rest of our lives. Okay. I mean, or we could be ash put into the ocean and be just nothing. Um, but I think that maybe maybe that keeps life in a positive trajectory when you think that there's something better than the life we live, that we're not just living to die, that it's not all over when we're done, that it, there's something else. Right. And I think that kind of, uh, that's more of a positive outlook than to think that we just die and that's it. We're just, that's the end of it. Hoping again, kind of going back to hoping that something is true is not necessarily going to reflect whether that thing is true or not. Exactly. So should we believe in things because they make us hopeful or make us feel better? Is that a reason to believe in something? That's a, that's a personal thing, I guess. If it makes you feel, if it makes life a, worth living for you to believe that there's something better out there, um, that it, keep, you know, it keeps you going day by day. Um, if you don't, yeah, that's fine too. Uh, I asked you on a scale from one to seven, how important is it to you in believing in things that are true? And you said a seven. And I guess when I, not in a spiritual, in a spiritual sense, um, I probably have to correct that answer. I'm sorry. Spiritual sense, probably a four. Not, not, yeah. I mean, as, as far as true as in facts. Right. Um, I think I'm, I'm. I think I'm switching spirituality in with, with uh, reality. Are you saying that you want to believe in true things, unless it comes to spirituality, and then you are okay in believing things that might not be true? Correct. Because, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen when we die. We, um, if we grow up in a certain faith, we have a faith that this will happen, this might happen when we die, that there's something better out there. But it's, it may not be true. We may just be nothing when we die. It's a conflicting, uh, it's a conflicting uh, way to think about religion. And it, it's conflicting, I understand. Well, let, me, let me put it this way. What, if, and I'm not saying this is the case, but let's say we both woke up tomorrow morning and for some reason we there was definitive proof out there that, um, let's say, both of the major things you said, like Jesus as God wasn't true and an afterlife was not true. How would your life change? Like it wouldn't change. It'd be um, it would be a little disheartening <laughs> to realize that when we are dead, that that's the end of it. So it'd be you would be disappointed. It'd be disappointing, yeah. But um, but no, life would go on. 
so it wouldn't change how would it change the things you do or no no i'd still be the same good person i am today i'd still live the the moral rules that i have today so how to live my life right like and how to treat others and that kind of thing right yeah i mean yeah if it if it wasn't true that wouldn't change the way that i treat other people that kind of thing so there isn't much of a stake in this for you that if it wasn't true you'd be a little disappointed but you'd be okay with it and you'd move on with things i'd move on right but if this wasn't true would you want to know that it wasn't true that's a good question (laughs) yeah that's kind of like knowing if you have a uh would you want to know that you're going to get a terminal illness in 10 years, that kind of thing? Or would you rather just live your life and not worry about what, what could happen? Right. If you, you so, know. right. So there's, we just, we discussed, we discussed that there wasn't a big stake in this for you. Um, you'd be okay, but all things being equal, then would you, if this wasn't true, and I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying, but just as a thought experiment, yeah, we woke it, up this morning. It and could was, not be true. Right? There was definitive evidence that that Jesus wasn't a god, and and you didn't survive your death, or or you didn't have. There was no afterlife. Um, would you want to know it, or would you just rather believe what you're believing now? I'd be okay knowing it. You'd be okay knowing it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If we're not, if we're believing something on faith, or in this case, hope. And we're not sure of the truth value of it. Why should we? What's the point of believing that? I'm just trying to figure that out. Trying to understand. I apologize if that sounds like a harsh question. No, yeah, it's tough to answer that. Um, There's not much of a stake in it for you. And if it's not true, you'd like to know it's not true. And I'm not saying it's not true. But you're telling your evidence for it is hope, which is not really relating to the truth value of that. Right? Right. I mean, nobody, I don't care who you are, how religious you are. You can't tell me that there's a better life out there. You have a faith and a hope that there's a better life out there. But nobody has been there and come back and said, oh, when you die, there's a much better world out there for you. Believe me, I know. And anybody that says that is full of it. Right. But should we believe, <laughs> then, should, then why should we believe it? Um, if, it, makes, if, it if, if it makes you be a better person because you feel like there's a guidebook on how to live and that guidebook will, will um, by living that certain way, you will kind of open the gates to a better world. You just said, I think, that... And, and it could you not be, be right. A, it could, you'd still be a good person. I'd still I'd still be a good person because I I know who I am as a person. Okay. But if it makes somebody that um, maybe was not the best individual become a better individual, then that's great. By believing in those things, if it makes somebody that did bad things, well, well we're not talking about you, but you personally, though. yes, yeah, I'm talking about. But you, right. you told me that you would still be, and I believe it, you would be a good person. Just because it's who I am. Right? I just, I know I'm a good person anyway. Right. And so I'm trying still to understand your primary motivation for believing in this. It's something that 
that I was that I grew up believing, and I guess it's it's just kind of there, right? Um, right. And it it that belief has evolved over my uh, years of uh, learning new things and you know listening to different opinions and being more being open to listening to all different points of view. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably mainly just a way that I was raised to kind of live by this guidebook, so to speak in life of how to, how to treat others and how to live a, a good productive life. Yeah. So you grew up in a, I guess what you're telling me is you grew up in a, in a Christian household and who presumably had two parents who believed in Jesus as God and that um, after you die, you have there's an afterlife. And I'm sure that was, I think that's what you're saying, that you have that, that was part of the backdrop of right. your early childhood. Right, and I think that sort of has just stayed with me over the years. Right. Um, does it affect me doing good for others? No. I mean, I'm a good person anyway. That's who I am. Right. As long as you're a good person, um, believe or not believe. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Right. I think I think a lot of people I think a lot of people hide behind religion. I, I get the sense that um, that in the end, holding this belief is for you is more important than the belief being true. That's a good question. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, and that's not a value judgment. I'm just trying to understand. No, no, that's how, a... And this is a unique... This I've had several of these conversations and this is very unique in that's this That's a very case. interesting question. Yeah, it is. Um, wow, yeah. That's something to, that's something that you, you you that'll make you think for a while. Because if you if it doesn't happen, I'm still going to behave the way I behave. You know, it's not like it's going to change who I am. Where some people it they're adamant about that being that being the case and that kind of I don't know if that causes them to behave a certain way in life or you know like it's I mean it, it's not going to change who I am as a person if it's not true well if it if it wasn't true just saying um, if, if Jesus wasn't a God and if there was no afterlife is there a second, what would be the second best reason to act in a positive manner towards others? If that wasn't true, what would be a good reason to be a nice person? It's the right thing to do. I see. So how do you feel like this chat went? <laughs> It's a straight. It was a strange conversation because, um, uh, yeah, my I'm not of the mindset that you have to believe in God. You have to believe that sure. there's a better life out there. If you don't believe that, you're a bad person. Right. 
So oh, I get that. that and I get right, that. That's not who I am. No, no. And I, I think totally, that's I the that. conundrum we get in with evolutionary and creationism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, can't you, can't you have opinion, a positive opinion of both? And I guess this goes back to, um, to the way my father kind of taught me about religion. Like, as far as, like, the Bible was written by man is the way I was taught. But it was, you know, it was written basically like 100 years after the birth of Jesus Christ. So these people had, it, it was kind of a guidebook on, for them, how to treat other people based right. on this belief that there's something better out there. Right. You know, but, but I, I grew up with people in the South that believe that this book was written by a higher power. More of a literal, that, a literal transla- right, translation of that. It. A man, man did not write this book. A literal, a, a spiritual person wrote this book. Right. You know, but logic defies that. So the way when my dad explained that to me, that was a. It, it really made me think about it in a different way. Well, part of the reason why I do this is that um, everyone I talk to, without fail, so far about their beliefs have had really tremendously different beliefs. And even uh, couples who go to the same church and have lived the last 30 years of their lives together may have actually very different beliefs and not even know that their partner has very different beliefs from the other person. And so it seems to me that these are conversations that we don't have. And yet, beliefs like this, for many people, can drive what we do in life and how we behave in life and, and, and some of our behaviors in life. And, um, and so I find that... Cause wars. Cause wars, sure. Uh, big wars uh, and wars between just individuals. Mm. And so it's interesting to me that this is something seems important, yet we never talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those, uh, it, it's strange that it's a taboo subject. Why do you think? Because people have such strong feelings about it, one yeah. way or the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just a very, it's, a, it's not an easy subject to discuss with everybody. Well, thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. I enjoyed this. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
called Funky.
Sincere, I do love you, but don't come near. 